It's time for chapter 24 of our podcast. Today we'll tell you all about our visit to the independent principality known as Andorra. Although we were actually lucky to make it there. Okay. Uh, it's Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. What a storm we, yesterday. We just got labeled. I mean, shellacked. Like an hour, an hour and a half, steady, flooding rains. But I got it worse because, it's not. I know it's not a competition, but I got it worse. I was in Agen at my French lesson, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Uh, like mais, a good boy. Mais cours de français. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, there was this rumble. And Veronique said, what is that? And I said, I think it's a storm, or as they call it, a... L'orage? Orage. Orage. And um, so we opened the door and it was hailing like, not golf balls, but, you know, marbles for sure. It didn't damage the cars, but I'm sure there was hail enough there to damage uh, les coutures, the crops. Oh. What? Crops? Couture? Culture? Couture? No? Mm. What is crops then? Uh, Crops, récolte. Well, they, she said culture, so. Oh, la, l'agriculture. Oh, okay. L'agri- agriculture. Oh, okay. Not culture. Oh. Whoa, you're off to a good start today. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the other direction doing some shopping, and I had to stay in the store and keep shopping. Oh, until the- <laughs> well, that must have been hell. Yeah. Just hell for you. It was a dollar store, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too bad it wasn't a, jewel- a jewelry store. Huh? Exactly. Yeah, we'd be completely broke. Well, anyway, it, it all abated, and um, but we did get a boatload of so to speak, of rain and, and hail and poof. Yeah, yeah. M- most of France did. Like 31 departments were under alert. Yeah, and uh, the weather doesn't look good for the weekend either here. So, oh, well, we got we got a, a, a few weeks of really nice heat, and I think that's probably the reason. Yep, things are cooling off and things, things are, are cool. greening up a little bit, so that's good. So we decided to uh, take a little... A few days off and head uh, down to, as the French say, maybe I'll get this right, Andorre. Is oui, that Andorre, yeah. Andorre, mm-hmm. okay, Andorra, uh, which is, uh, as we mentioned off the top, a little independent principality. And uh, to start the show off, we had to drop the dogs off, but two days before our trip, it seems that it always happens. There's I know. Something happens to our pets before we go on an even short trip. And I don't know what it is. Do you remember when Yankee got sprayed by a skunk? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's back in our Oakville days. And we were taking a trip the very next day, and, and that, that odor. Eight, that, oh. That was eight dogs ago. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, he, and he, did he learn his lesson, or did he end up getting sprayed twice? Because I know Sam did not learn his lesson with the porcupine. Right. And uh, I've got such a mugshot of him, just full of quills. Just what a dummy. And, well, I think you might have to share that now. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, Um, yeah, right before, two days before, uh, hopping in the car to go to Andorra, our big dog, Blue, slices his carpal um, pad. Which is the, it's not the, on the, it's it's up the leg. It's that pad that's kind of up the leg from the main paws. Have no idea how he did it. Because that's got to be, in his case, six inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. Unless he was, he pounced on something and, and sliced it on a rock, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or a know. tile or, or some glass or one of those stupid solar lights. Oh, my 
God, I hate those things. I mean, they're so they're they're first of all, they're all made in China, so they're all just crap. And they last about five minutes. And so uh, I actually found one in the ground here from, you know, years ago. And the the light on the top was all shattered and there was jagged. I showed it to you. There was jagged. So it could have been one of those stupid things. And uh, but anyway, I look over and he's just like a fountain of blood. Hemorrhaging. And I'm telling you, I was just lucky to be outside at the same time. Mm -hmm. And you were great. You like together we we did all the right things. We tried to stop the bleeding. We went and got some some bandages. Uh, You cleansed. um, They needed it. The the wound. The the vet needed a chainsaw to get that bandage off. I tell you what, (laughs) I, I could I could work triage in the war. Yes, that. but but a note though, you, if this ever happens to you, don't tie a bandage too tight because it could it could be. Well, uh, I know, but I, I was also trying to stop the blood. I know, I so. know. So it, we've mentioned in France that that um, people take lunch from twelve to two. <laughs> Everybody. So so make sure you never get hurt. Yeah, or your pet <laughs> gets hurt at twelve fifteen. Right. Which is exactly when it happened. So we we waited till the clinic opened up again, asked them what to do, and they said, oh, bring him over. We need to take a look at that. And they did, and we we felt really, really bad because he was in quite a bit of pain. Oh, I couldn't even watch. I was so upset. And then so they finally had to put him under to do the – because they had to staple the little pod, uh, the little pad. And they tried putting a local on it, and he just yelped. Oh, my heart just yeah. sank. Yeah. So, and then we we because this was at about four thirty, we went to pick him up when the clinic closed about six thirty, and he he had just woken up from his he anesthetic. Was <laughs> he looked like a drunk dog. Oh, he was just all goofy. <laughs> he was wandering around, and what do I do? I'm all. Yeah. Discombobbed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it it all worked out. We we decided like it was a touch and go on canceling the trip, but you know it, it was a it's it's a cut. It's manageable. He was on antibiotics, and yes. our kennel people here at the Hotel de Chien or whatever they it's Chien Hotel. Chien Hotel. They are so wonderful. Marie and, and Michael. They're a young couple. They've been running this this kennel. Um, it's a really small kennel, eight boxes, um, for the last year and a half. And they're so calm and chill and amazing. Mm-hmm. And they're... Sort of, sort of like me, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so we we dropped Blue off, and, and Mikael was just like, yeah, no problem. I'll give him his medicine, and I'll t- take a look at his his paw every day and make sure he doesn't, you know, injure it. And, and, and he did a little bit, but, I, you know, as you said... Uh, because I think he either uh, dug one of the blue, either dug one of the staples out or it fell out. But you were saying that's pretty common. It's common. They, they're, they're not perfect. It's not like a stitch. Right. So, um, but, but you know, he, 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 they took care of him. He, we felt very comfortable uh, taking the road yeah. towards Andorra. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the good news was when we picked him up, he was fine just a little bit. And and it's it's just one of those things. It's very difficult to contain. So there's little bits and bobs of, of blood here and there. But I, I think when the staples come out next week, he will be uh, right as rain. As Should be say. good. Should be good. So, yeah, we took off and um, it was uh, perfect. We really planned this trip well because, uh, well, for the most part. Uh, but, uh, like, cause to Julie's point about lunch. So if you're, you know, 
in Canada or the United States, you don't even think about where you're going to eat because uh, on the road when you're driving because you can pull in anywhere at any time and get something. To, but no, not here. You actually have to. Okay, it's going to be. So if we're going to eat, <laughs> if we're going to yeah. eat in Toulouse, we've got to leave at this time. Uh, and but and if we. <laughs> Yeah, the logistics are a little bit more complicated, no doubt, no doubt about it. So uh, we, we decided to leave a little bit later and eat uh, earlier on on the trip, which is, uh, for us, uh, a little town called Moissac. Moissac. And we have to drive through Moissac to get to Toulouse to, to pick people up at the airport. So I've been through there many times, but we've never actually stopped for lunch. Well. Whoa, it was fantastic. Yeah, the old part of town is just so charming, and it's lined with chairs and restaurants and people, and there was lots of activity, and it was a hot day. Yeah. I think it was like 37 degrees that Mm -hmm. day. But still okay for outside, and Mm -hmm. I don't think they even had any fans, did they? No. No, no. Now, and what was that restaurant called? Uh, It ended in T-I-N. Oh, yeah, yeah, Florentin. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, and it's a large restaurant there uh, on the strip of these older, uh, of this older area, and it's right next to the big church cathedral thing. And it was just fan. Oh my God, that was a nice salad that we had. Yeah, good, really good food. I had all vegetable, and you had salad avec. Uh, yeah, jambon. Jambon. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. And then, then we headed off to our final destination yeah. after lunch. That's right. And so you admit you'd remarked even in Wasak that we were getting low on on gas. No, but, <laughs> but you had commented that in Andorra there's no tax. That's right. So because there's no tax, yeah. it would be much cheaper to do a fill up. Let's get the gas there in Andorra Save. as opposed to getting it in Wasak when there's plenty of gas stations. Yeah. So so what? Just if I could just cut in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I made one small uh, miscalculation, uh, but. When I, you know, I, I had the route in my GPS, and I, I knew exactly how many, <laughs> exactly how many kilometers it was to the destination, mm-hmm. and then of course the car. Now it, they tell you what the, they indicate how much you have left, and I had <clears throat> at that point when we left, when we left our area, I, I had seventy kilometers to spare. That's a lot. That's tons. So no problem getting to Andorra. And filling up for cheap. That's what I'm thinking. And so we're on the road, and we're getting close to the border between France and Andorra. And Well, we just get through France, and we start climbing the mountain. And the mountains are pretty steep. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you see your gas gauge going down, 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 Well, then, down. It, started, then it went red. Yeah, and then it said, okay, you need gas. Right. And then, and then it said, would you like to program uh, the nearest gas station in your GPS? So I was kind of getting nervous. And then I realized, okay, I, I, when I made my calculation, I didn't calculate for going uphill on a mountain the size of the Rockies. Which, which uses is going, up. Yeah. Gasoline, con- big time. Consumption goes up mm. a lot you know, faster. So, uh, yeah, we hit the button. And uh, <laughs> and I was honestly, I mm-hmm. was pooping bricks. Mm-hmm. I got us be, be, because I could tell you were trying to hide it from me, but I could tell that you were seriously worried. And there are no gas stations in France. Not on only that, that side of the mountain. Not yeah. only that, there's no place to stop. It's one lane on each side, and it's windy. And if you have to stop or run out of gas in a place like that, danger, danger, and you probably get fined. You probably get fined or killed. I, yeah, that might have been a better bet at that point. But um, 
So, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because you make it a game. You've done, you've done this on many of our car trips. It's like a game. You, you're challenging the laws of nature by saying, okay, I can make it to a gas station when I'm riding on fumes. And did I? You did. And with how many to spare? I think 30. 30 kilometers to spare. I made it to the gas and station. And how much money did you say? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's too much to mention. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, you know, rub it in. On okay. a full tank of gas, you saved approximately how much? It was 17 euros. 17 euros. So that's, uh, you know what that is? That's that's lunch for, for one person. <laughs> Look what I did. I saved the family $17 by knowing my car. And then on our way to the hotel, like there's a gas station. (laughs) Every 10 feet. Yeah. Like sometimes they're on each side of the street. Competitors, like, you know. But it's understandable that there are none on the French side of the border that lead up to Andorra because who's getting gas there? It's so much more money. Well, not you. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. No. So, uh, yeah, that that was a little, that was stupid, actually. What I should have done. Was I should have just when we left got like you know twenty euros worth or something just to that would have been smart to hedge your bets yeah because that you're you're kind of putting the family in peril there. However, I wouldn't have saved the full seventeen <laughs> at, the, at that point. Probably would have been only fifteen, you know. <laughs> so, <sighs> well, we made it safely. So. Well, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So, uh, we we made it there. On a full tank of gas, we pull into the hotel. Beautiful place. Uh, how, how would you say that? Armitage? Hermitage. Hermitage. And they own, like, it's blocks worth of property. And they they have bars and they have other hotels across the street. It's just a massive a development. And, and, and they have cranes. They're making more. Yeah. Well, Andorra really derives its revenue. And it's, it's a rich principality uh, out of tourism. Mm-hmm. So during summer and winter months, it's really busy. Skiing is through the roof there because of the mountains. Um, and uh, and it's on a, this place is on a ski hill. Yes, it's on where, a ski we, hill. where we stay. Yeah. yeah. And the other source of revenue is uh, shopping. Yeah. Consumers go expressly to Andorra because you get things duty free. Yeah. Now, in, in, in the case, I, I, I don't think it's as busy in the summer as it is in the winter by any stretch. It was pretty dead there. However, there were a lot of uh, tours, uh, buses filled with people d- wanting to do the hiking, which was, I thought, that was pretty cool. So that's obviously some some tour that that's available, go hiking in Andorra, and there are a ton of trails. Beautiful trails, too. And they're they're kind of rated beginner medium, Mm -hmm. um, you know. I think beginner is marked with a chicken. It is marked with a chicken. It's really strange. And we we went on the the chicken run. Run. Yeah. It it wasn't that easy. No, it wasn't that easy. And they were grooming it. It it was like, I wonder if these are the ski lift guys who groom the hills in the winter, but there were guys out there with weed whackers just clearing this massive long, I don't know, do they do the whole trail? Like it was incredible. I don't know, but it was beautiful. There are rivers and waterfalls and, you know, the, the scenic views of the mountains. Mm-hmm. So we, we did we walk every day? I think we, we did. walked uh, every day. We did. Yeah. And uh, we took quite a few pictures. So I will definitely uh, drop a bunch of these beautiful photos of Andorra and our walking 
uh, trips on the Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash Jeff and Julie move to France. Go check it out and uh, give us a like because it's uh, that's what we like to do is to, you know, factor in a bunch of photos to represent each chapter of the podcast. So there will be a lot on Andorra if you want to find out uh, a little more about the country. And and what what else do we find out about Andorra? It's very small, right? It's like tiny, only like a population of barely seventy eight thousand people for the whole. Could could you call it a country? I uh, guess no, no. It is principality. The, principality. I think the entire principality, which is just under five hundred square kilometers. Right, and three. 70. La- yep, three languages are spoken. The, right. be, because this is nestled, I love that word, nestled, mm-hmm. between France and Spain, um, there's Catalan, which is their their official language, mm-hmm. um, but French and Spanish is spoken as well. And they have an agreement with both Spain and France, correct? They do. Um, so people can come and go freely. Uh, when we went through um, the, what they call the border, I it's guess a bunch of vacant buildings. When we went through, some, yeah, no one was there, and and we had a you know a French license plate, and we just went right through. Um, you know, I was getting ready to hand the passports over, yeah. and n- no, it was easy peasy. And coming back, same thing. And so they have two main, uh, two principal cities. The first one you encounter right away. What is it called? Casa Pass? No. Uh, Casa de Pas. The Pas de Cas. Oui, pas de casse. Pas de casse. And it's, it's very commercial, okay? And it's commercial on sort of the lower end, like they have all of the booze and tobacco shops in, in that Yeah, area. the baubles. It's, yeah. It's the, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then as you go further, you get to Soldu, which is where we stayed, and not much happening there. Uh, uh, it's the resort it's, yeah, yeah. area. That's that's the hiking and the biking. A lot of bikers, by the way, again. Yep, but cyclists and bikers. Yep, and both. That's mm. right. And uh, so that's for the skiing and all of that activity stuff. And then if you keep going, you go to Castillo and then on to Andorra de Vieille. Vieille. De Vella. De Vella. De Vella. Of old Andorra, that's basically. Right. Yeah. And we we were expecting. I, I would have to say something a little more quaint, but whatever. It's it's big and busy. Shopping. And shopping. shopping, shopping, shopping. Like there's that main strip they call the mile where you've got, you know, there's no traffic, no cars, and there's shops on either side, and it's everything you can imagine. Um, and and you you did pretty well. I think you got you got quite a few T-shirts. and. Yeah. No, no, I did well. I, I, I haven't bought clothes since, I, th- I think, since uh, the Clinton years. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's it was time. And, and we're going to have to do some rag making out of some of my old t-shirts yeah some of them are so holy it's... yeah it's no no it's not it wasn't right so I, I definitely needed some some clothes and that was a good good place to get them because they were and you know i hate honestly i hate trying on clothes i, I didn't i was too lazy to even try on any pants because it's this such it's an effort Ugh. so i but i tried on some shirts and got some winners there and uh you know. I think you did well. Yeah, did well. And you also were able to source out um, your cigar store. Yeah, that's and right. And you got you had such a like that sm- smile, like it's like the, the heaven heavenly gates open up. Ah! Well, the cigars were so. I mean, I it, well, okay to give you an example, uh, and this is I, I'll put this in Canadian dollars. Uh, if, if for anybody who has purchased a cigar in Canada or you know smoked cigars, so. You know, any kind of good cigar is going to run between 
10 and 15 bucks and then they can go even up further from that depending if you're going to go buy you know these crazy cuban cigars and plus stuff tax. like that yeah plus tax well i i bought a bunch of different kinds of cigars and it averaged out at under five bucks a stick so you know what that's that's a that's fine i can i can handle that it's when you're starting to pay like 15, 20, 20 bucks for a cigar. It's just ridiculous. And I think this is a good time for my French phrase of the day. Why not? Are you ready? And this time, it's don't, super short. Don't, it's okay. super short. And don't say, oh, I think you're going to get this, because uh, I never do. I think you're going to oh, get it. Oh, just. Okay. Here here we go. <clears throat> French phrase of the day. Here we go. Rester. Mm-hmm. C'est exister. Voyager. C'est vivre. Hmm. Right, so. Rester, c'est exister. Voyager, c'est vivre. So, uh, rester is if you stay. Stay, good. Stay and exist. Uh-huh. Travel and live. Very good. Did I get it? You got it. Stay and exist, travel and live. Yeah. Yeah, they say stay is existing, traveling is living. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got I, I, I would call that Bravo. a, a win. Uh, uh, yeah, this is the... 24 podcasts and you got one. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm still not even considered an intermediate speaker. I'm still beginner, I would say. Well, I've got, I, I think I've been, I've got my beginners. You're more than beginner. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, but it's so true, don't you think? Like when you, yeah, no, like I, how many people do we know that stay in their bubble? Like they don't really go. And when you travel, you experience so much. Well, this was the whole impetus for moving here for me because we always gravitated to Europe when we wanted to go on a big holiday when we were working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like a two week pop over here was, you know, it's, 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 it's you include the, the airfare and the hotels and the meals and stuff. And then, you mentioned something really, really compelling for me uh, about Andorra. The point was, you know, if, if you were on a two-week holiday or even a three-week holiday and you were in Spain or you were in France, would you go out of your way to go to Andorra? Probably not. You've got, you know, Madrid and Barcelona and then the Intermediro area. And then you've got, you know, Portugal and Lisbon and, and, and then up... France, you know, like there's really that whole lower part of France, eh, you know, it's it it's not what I'd call a destination area, you know. Uh, so you made such a good point that being here mm-hmm. a, more allowed us to go to a, a place like Andorra as a, a three, four day trip. We were three nights there. Yeah. And I think that's that's perfect. It was perfect. I mean, it, during the winter, if you're a skier, then... Obviously, you know, you ski your heart out, stay there as long as you want. But I thought for the summer, that was a perfect length of time. And we have friends who are big cyclists, uh, Bill and Linda. They would love this place. Although I think they're crazy. Those hills. Oh, that's uh, that's not for me. I think my heart would fall out. Well, plus it's just, you know, you're so close to the traffic. And as a driver there, you really have to be careful because these guys are moving, especially downhill. They are flying. So you want to be aware, look in your mirrors. And uh, as as with any, you know, Mountain City, Banff, you know, and Jasper, any of these places, because they are a magnet for these cyclists who really want to test themselves. Yeah, they're in good shape. Yeah, they really are. So, uh, yeah, no, it was it, it was really well worth it. Uh, I I enjoyed the trip, but uh, I'm I'm glad we were here because we probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, we had good food. 
Um, you yeah. know, the restaurants were good. And, and, you know, during the summer, not every restaurant is open. No. Uh, so we were a little bit more uh, limited. And one night we decided to go to the Japanese restaurant at our hotel. Our hotel was really, uh, it just, it just, it had it all. I mean, it, it really did. Not a lot of guests, though. Eh? Did you did you notice that? Like, yeah. for breakfast uh, on the weekend, there most of the tables were filled. By the way, the breakfast there, which is included, was awesome. It was really good, like really you, fresh. You could go, you could go just pick up fruit and croissant and that kind of thing, or you could order like omelets and stuff. Just delicious. And you're looking out uh, over. Oh, yeah, you're looking out over the ski hill. Something I want to include uh, with the photos. We'll get to the dinner in a second. <laughs> Is the, uh, the 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 breakfast and a show that we had? Yeah, one morning they were installing uh, an electrical tower. I think I thought I think. originally it was a communications tower, but I think you're right. I think it's another row of electrical w- wiring. So, like yeah, yeah. And this is done by helicopter. So it was it was wild. It was. He would go or she would go and pick up a piece of of the tower, right, and bring it back and and hover over the tower. And there were like four guys in or girls in the tower, uh, <laughs> or something else, or something else <laughs> in the tower, and they were um, uh, they would grab the th- oh, just looked. I mean, they do this all the time because that's the only way you can uh, put these things out. And the cement, they bring the cement in a big bucket for the piers. But uh, what we got to watch was the uh, t- the pieces of the tower being assembled. And honestly, they were, it was going up like Lego. Yeah, they were I, done by noon. It was unbelievable. Yeah, lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so, was, so. A, was a really, really interesting. It's fascinating to see how precise the helicopter can be. Yeah, it just hovers there. And obviously wind is a factor. So that's another reason I think they were working so early. Because they we were up for our morning walk and saw them at, at like 7 in the morning getting mm-hmm. ready. So That's right. But yeah, getting back to the dinner Julie was talking about. So the hotel is fully functioning. It, has, it actually had a bar that was closed for the summer that they open up. Uh, it's like a, a pub that they open up for the winter. Uh, and they have more restaurants available at that property and other properties in the winter. Okay, there was an Italian restaurant that was closed that would have been available to us. But the Japanese restaurant that Julie is talking about is in the hotel. It's called Koi. And we thought, okay, we, we've eaten up in the by the bar two nights in a row, and there's there was really nothing else in town. Not really. So, so we decided, okay, let's... I, I like I like you know I like going to the Japanese restaurants and what do they call that the tapanaki something I don't know they they got the swords going and the the show the salt shaker goes flying up in the air the shake, shrimp and the shrimp and the teriyaki sauce and the flames and you know like what did you oh Benihana yeah Benihana I'm all over that stuff I love that food you know some teriyaki nice teriyaki tempura shrimp and stuff like that I love all that so we really should have looked at the menu first yeah, we should have. <laughs> Because this Japanese restaurant was, um, its specialty was raw fish. Sure was. So It sure was. When, when they asked Jeff, do you want to sit to watch the show, Jeff had, you know, the flying shrimp yeah. in, in his head. But the show was really... A guy spending 10 minutes <laughs> slicing a piece of... Uh, raw fish. Raw fish. <laughs> uh, do, do you know how painful that? I mean, it's, it's like watching uh, an earthworm move. 
And so uh, that's not what I call a show. And then they kept serving dishes, and I'm going, when, okay. when is the cooked stuff coming? Okay, I'm from Saskatchewan, okay? <laughs> I'm from Saskatchewan, and uh, raw in Saskatchewan is not really our thing. It's an acquired taste that I'm not quite there yet with. Uh, but uh, And every time they would bring another... Another raw dish. And I could just see the disappointment in your face. So are you guys going to, like, it's, this is massive kitchen. You guys going to throw something on the grill soon? <laughs> I'm saying to myself, because that would sure be great. And it just kept coming with this raw dish, that raw dish. It was good, though. This cold soup. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was well done and good good preparation, lots of different tastes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It just was not what we were expecting. And then I had to sell the car to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just ridiculous. But it was about a 20-course meal. Like, yeah. it was unbelievable. And expensive ingredients. No, no. It was, look, it was the guys and, oh, by the way, there were three tables in the restaurant. We were the first ones there. And there were five. Five guys, including the the waiter, maitre d', whatever, who would d- deliver. He, he would get the dishes passed to him, and they would drop them down and explain what all the stuff is because this, this cowboy needed an explanation, okay? <laughs> oh, what's, what's this thing that's swimming around in my, on my plate? How do I, do I, do I need a net? Um, so anyway, that was, uh, uh, it was disappointing from the point of view of I, I was expecting something else, yep. but... At the end, it was it was really quite good. I enjoyed it was, almost it, you everything. Know, it was a it was a, a nice experience. And you know, I, I think we need to make a note that when we're choosing a restaurant, we should maybe look at the menu first. Yeah, that would be good. And it was very limited, mm-hmm. so it was either you take this this option, this option, or you could go a la carte. But then we don't know what we're ordering because. They're all very specialized dishes. Mm-hmm. So going a la carte wouldn't have been, you know, I don't know, point at one. You know, you wouldn't know. Yeah. No, it it, it, it's, it was very limited but very good. And, and you could tell that the, the, the people that were preparing the food knew what they were doing and enjoyed it. And at the end of the day, as they say, uh, you know, it was a fun evening. Now, the one, and, and, and I don't mean to, I'm not one of these people, by the way, who goes on the websites and does the reviews. I, I don't have, I don't have the time for that. But or, the, the, or the patience. Or the patience. But, but uh, I would give this, this place a f- five out of five rating. I really, I'm, I'm not, the, the restaurant, the hotel, everything was fantastic. Service, yeah. The only thing that I'm going to have to say was a bit of a disappointment was the, the lobby, bar, restaurant, Every single place you went to, music that they had blaring, and no, not, not even blaring. not blaring, no, but playing. And what I think, I don't know. I'm going to say that they have their own music service. That's what I'm going to say because, uh, you know, there's all this right stuff, right? Bars can't just play music; they can't do that. You know, there, there's it's just like on the radio. You pay. So what I think they've done is they've hired a bunch of people to go in the studio. And sing cover songs. And then they'll pay mm-hmm. for the rights of the cover songs, but then they get to use it at all of their hotels and restaurants. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the cover songs were, first of all, there's not a chance that the people who were singing them knew the English language. At all. Could not. That was evident. And they were all at like a quarter time. The tempo was like a snail's pace so compared to the original. We got giggling about these songs and it came it, it, it became a game where 
they were so slow and with the accents and you you knew it was going to be a favorite song like a, a cover song a, a pop hit. a hit a popular song but we would play the game uh, as to which one it was so i'm going to do that now for you and uh, as you're listening and see if you can they get harder as they go here i've got four of them okay and these are four actual songs that they okay that we heard okay so here's the first one mm-hmm. Sha- through the heart and you to blind darling you give love a bad name you're exaggerating a little not really <laughs> a little not really <laughs> so a little Bon Jovi for your dinner there yeah, you give love a bad name here's the next one that's me. That's me in the corner. That's me in this spotlight. Losing my religion. <laughs> and that was losing my religion. Yes, little REM action. <laughs> now this one that they had they had some women and men singers who were doing like really depressing versions uh-huh. of up songs. So some of them were like I had a Latin feel even though they were all at that quarter tempo. And but then some of them were just morose and this is an example of that okay i come home. <laughs> i come home in the morning light my mother says when you going to live your life right oh mama dear we're not the fortunate ones. And girls, <laughs> they, they want to have fun. to have fun. <laughs> and finally. Okay. Here it is. All right. Wrap it up. Yep. Bring it, bring it at home with this one. You turn me right round, baby, right round. Like a record, baby. <laughs> round, round, right, round. <laughs> well done, Jeff. And that wraps it up. But I got to tell you, that was, and I feel for the staff, this stuff is on a wheel and just goes and goes all day long. They probably don't even hear it. I think it's like white noise this now. It's white, white yeah. noise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's our trip. And again, lots of photos available on the Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash Jeff and Julie move to France. Coming up on next week's show, weather permitting, and it doesn't look good, does it? Uh, not really. No, it But doesn't. it could change, you know, it, it, it changes. It does. Uh, we will report on a couple of outdoor events the locals have planned. One of them involves bringing your own plates and utensils. And our next podcast drops on Canada Day. So join us as we reflect on our favorite memories from back home. See you then. Au revoir.